Blessed Easter, everyone. In the Easter gospel that we just heard, uh, two holy women come to anoint the body of Jesus. That's what they're going to do. We know this from the other gospel writers. Um, those women, however, are in for a big surprise. First, they find the big stone rolled away from the entrance of the tomb. Then they find the tomb empty. Next, they are amazed at the presence of what appears to them to be a young man. But in truth, he is not a human person. Matthew, the gospel writer we hear from this evening, tells us his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. He speaks to the women in a very prophetic way as a messenger from heaven. His function is to interpret, if you will, for them the meaning of the empty tomb because they are just not getting it. The angel, this is his ministry, and he does it very well. And my friends, um, if you don't know, angels have one thing to do. And when they achieve that, then they go back to God and do things. So all of you have guardian angels, and their ministry is to be with you. And they don't go back until you return. This is what we're hoping for. All of you will return to the Father, right? The angel tells the women the joyful news about the Lord's resurrection. These women are the first to hear it. And rightly so, because they were present on Calvary when Jesus of Nazareth died. And when he was placed in the tomb. And I believe this is a beautiful gift for them because they did not abandon and run away like the others did. The angel then says to the women, go and tell his disciples that Jesus is risen and he will meet them in Galilee as he promised. Jesus will keep his promise despite the fact that they abandoned him at the beginning of his passion. So my friends, I thought about this and it is not the angel's mission to remind the disciples of their sins. This is good news for us. From the scriptures, it is safe to say that our Lord overlooks much of that which was flawed in his disciples, his apostles. And Peter, we'll hear about that tomorrow, his behavior. He keeps his promise about forgiveness and mercy and love. This is good news for us. So then what about us? You and I rejoice in the Lord's resurrection as those holy women did. But as his disciples and as the scriptures put forth, we too are invited to be prophets, not unlike those holy women, not unlike the original apostles, and I will even go further, not unlike the angel who in his ministry came to report to the women about the resurrection. And that is our ministry also, if you will. To talk about the resurrection to our generation, just as those women and the original disciples spoke in their time. My friends, our broken and terrorized world needs good news. The good news of the resurrection about a new life, 
I am confident that each of us here know people in our community, in our social circles, who we work with, that have many things going on for them, and yet perhaps maybe they have a feeling of going nowhere in terms of their soul, their spirituality. And those, my friends, are the ones we need to speak to. And there are more. There are those who are in their twilight years. What of them? Each of us knows a relative or friend in the evening of their life who does not know what to do with all the things that didn't get done, unfulfilled hopes or dreams, which may bring them down, may cause them to have anxiety. We are called to be prophets of good news to them. And what about our youth? Losing sense of meaning, strange idealism put forth by society, and even worse, that society trying to steal hope from them by instilling fear in them. What of these? You and I are called to be prophets of good news to our youth, to our young ones, to our teens, to our 20s. On this night of all of us who have been baptized, all of you who are his disciples, and those who experience the sacraments of initiation, baptism, and confirmation in Eucharist this evening, we have a share in the life of Jesus Christ. In this, then, we are his disciples. And here is something that disciples have to do. They have to turn their back on the sins, such as hatred, lack of forgiveness, bigotry, self-righteous pride. Those are things that disciples are not to be part of. We are to be part of this. Prophets who speak about hope and tellers of the joyful news that the Lord's resurrection is also an invitation to a new way of living, a new way of understanding the world, a new way of approaching things, a new way of life. A life that is filled with light and faith and hope. And the thing that is most precious in our world, love. Let us be disciples of Christ who points others to this type of love and life and laughter and hope. And let us point to the surest hope, to the beauty of the new possibilities in their lives by seeing and understanding with faith all that the empty tomb and the resurrection of Jesus Christ means then and now and in the future, what it meant to those disciples and those holy people and what it means to us. On this night, then, let it suffice enough to hear and accept the loving words of Christ through his angel. Do not be afraid. When people are overcome with fear, they do really stupid things, ridiculous things. They hide. They won't come out into public. At the other end, the worst end, that fear overcomes them 
They're filled with anxieties that manifest themselves in the physical way, in illness. And then the darkest type, in their fear, they react with violence. Not only towards others, but sometimes towards themselves. So let us listen to those words of Jesus. Do not be afraid. To Christ our Savior, let us respond with our jubilant Easter acclamation. Alleluia. Alleluia. Easter blessings, everyone.